0: Thank you, Sharon, for getting us fired up this morning. We are here to worship the Lord this morning. The flowers on the altar are in honor of Barbara and Barbara Lunsford for many years in the bell choir and on the piano and also on the organ. So thank her when you see her for her service to our church. We also want to wish Carolyn Lammers a happy birthday this morning. Happy birthday, Carolyn. Pastor Joel has something to share with us this morning. So while, while he's making his way up, a reminder that we have the annual meeting today after the service in the ministry center. This year we'll begin uh, with a breakfast buffet provided by Main Street. We have a brief business meeting followed by Pastor Joel and the spiritual council looking back this past year and looking forward to this coming year. We will still have Sunday school. Parents, your children will be able to stay in their classroom, and enjoy a snack, until you meet with them after the meeting.
1: Thanks, Brian. I also want to just remind uh, everyone that Wonderful Wednesdays is coming, uh, sooner than than most of us probably expect with Easter having an early date this year. Uh, the first Wonderful Wednesday is February 21st, so we're looking just about a month away. Uh, so we had a, we had our first planning meeting already. Uh, we're having another planning meeting this Wednesday evening. Uh, if you are able to be a part of it, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, we got a great theme this year. We're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit and, uh, and a great program um, beginning to take shape. So we are still looking for any helpers and, and volunteers to make this happen. Uh, we have a great group that's, that's been dedicated and, and faithful and working to put this on. But in order for Wonderful Wednesdays to be successful, we really need a big group of volunteers to make it happen because we have lots of kids um, in this building during that time. Um, So if you're able to help out, um, we're still looking for people to help uh, with some music during the day, as well as class leaders to help with homework and make sure the kids all get where they need to be and uh, some nursery help in order to, to free up some people to volunteer. So if you're able to help in any way, please let me know or talk to Connie or Michelle Dillon, um, and we'll be able to to give you some more information. But there is another planning meeting coming up this Wednesday, um, and, and if you're interested in helping out in some way, just get in contact with us and we'll fill you in. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joel. And now we'll have the call to worship, which is
0: taken from Luke chapter 12. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, Or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap, have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Now let us rise and sing our opening song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. children's chat, and while they're coming up, please extend a hand, a warm smile, and a hug to those near you.
2: Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Did you notice I got my quilt up here this morning? Yeah. When do we use a quilt? When might we use a quilt? Well, yeah, but we're not going to sleep right now, Evan, so let's try again. When might you be outside and lay a quilt on the ground? What are we doing? We're having a picnic. Yeah. We're having a picnic. All right. So, I'd like, before we have a picnic, what do we usually, before we have a meal, what do we usually do? Pray. We pray. What prayer have we been talking about lately? The Lord's Prayer. Yep. And today we're getting to the part that says, Give us this day our daily bread. So look what's here. Look what I got. What do I got? Bread. Bread. How many of you like bread? Yeah. Let's have some bread. Okay? Try not to be too many crumbs. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble. But have a piece of bread. No bread for you? Bread? Leah, you want some bread? No bread for you? Benjamin, do you want a piece of bread? He likes bread? All right. Well, bread is good stuff. How many of you like bread? How many wish you could eat bread every day with every meal? I mean, bread is good stuff. Yeah, bread is good stuff. All right, now, what if bread was the only thing you got to eat for every meal? That would be the best, Evan? It could be the best. OK, but do you think you would get tired if the only thing you ever got to eat was bread? A Maybe a little bit. Well, you know, the Israelites complained. I potatoes. Yeah, potatoes are good, too. But, you know, the Israelites were wandering around in the desert and they were getting hungry. And so God provided bread for them. He, and they, he provided enough for each day. Listen to what we say in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay? A day. A day at a time. When we say that, we are asking God to provide what we need for one day. Not what we want for one day, but what we need for one day. And then when we say that prayer again the next day, he provides for us again the next day. Okay, so God gives us more than just bread. He gives us homes and families to take care of. And God provides us with a loving church. And these are things that come with daily bread when we pray for daily bread. So God is the giver of all good things. And God hears and answers all those prayers. And he gives us what we need Each day. Yeah, you're trying to help the crumb situation. Cool. Yeah. All right. How about we say a quick prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching us to pray. Thank you for giving us our daily bread, what we need each day, because we know that you are listening when we pray and that you will provide us what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a great week.
0: We had no losses in Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria this week. However, we lost the soldier to an apparent robbery murder in Omaha, Nebraska. Staff Sergeant Kyle LaFleur. Twenty-seven also from Omaha, Nebraska. Also, it's reported to me this morning that Nick Werbel has returned from his deployment to the Middle East.
1: Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for uh, this morning that we can come together and worship you. Uh, thank you for all the many blessings that we experience in this life that come from your hand, uh, the giver of all good and perfect gifts. And so we thank you this morning and we praise your name for all that you've done for us, that, that our daily needs are met in you and that we can look to you, Lord, because you are a loving and caring father who is able to meet our needs through your son Jesus Christ and so this morning our focus and our attention is on you and that no matter what we recognize that no matter what we face in this life no matter what hardships come our way no matter what challenges we face day in and day out we can find hope in our in our in our provision in you Lord I pray that you would help us to to not only trust you in, for that uh, but Lord I pray that you'd give us a heart and a mind and hands, Lord, that are, that are focused on being the answer to that prayer when and wherever we are able to do that. I thank you for the, the many gifts, Lord, you've given us in this church and in this community. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to put those to use in and, and, and answering, Lord, our prayer for our daily bread. I do pray for our concerns that are in the bulletin and the many names and families that are represented there. We pray that your provision would be with them. Lord, for healing, uh, for uh, whatever uh, other issues, Lord, may be represented there, as well as the many burdens and concerns that we bring in, Lord, uh, this day that aren't listed in the bulletin for us. Uh, Lord, we, we take your invitation seriously that we can come to you when we are weary and heavy laden, and you will provide rest for our souls. So, Lord, help us to trust in that promise as well. Uh, we thank you and, and give you all the praise this morning, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time we have, I invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward. And the bells will be ringing this morning uh, and as part of our offertory music.
2: Standing for our scripture reading this morning. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, if you would join us in singing hymn number 468, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is.
1: we pray that You would be with us now as we open Your Word together, as we continue to study what it it means to to pray the Lord's Prayer, not just the words themselves, but the meaning behind them, and looking at it as a model of, of all of our prayers to You. I pray now that You would guide our hearts and our minds. I pray that You would give me words to speak, and You'd open up all of our hearts and minds to what You have to say to us this morning. We pray this all in Christ's holy name. Amen. Loved Maria's children's chat this morning. I think all the people that have been doing children's chat lately have just done an amazing job at, at not only teaching the children, you know, but also teaching all of us too. Sometimes I, I I listen and I'm observing the children's chat and I think, man, they should have just preached my message for me this morning because they do such a great job of making it uh, accessible and understandable. And I love your illustration with the bread because I know Josephine for sure would eat bread with every meal if she had a chance. She is definitely a carboholic. So uh, just a great illustration, though, and it leads perfectly into our conversation today about our uh, this line in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. I have to admit, this is probably the shortest uh, verse that I've ever preached on before. Uh, a lot of times, you know, as as you're well aware, uh, you you take a whole chunk of passages or or whole chunk of verses, I should say, and and preach from a collection of verses like that. I don't think I've ever per- preached from six words before, so this should be interesting. We'll see how it goes, but but the, although the verse is short, there's a lot going on here that is important for us to to slow down and take a look at this morning. One of the things that Uh, came to mind as I was preparing the sermon this week, uh, was, obviously, babies are on my mind right now, right? Uh, our baby brother will arrive any day now. We're looking forward to that. And, and I was reminded, um, again, of, of that childlike depend, the child, excuse me, the dependence that a child has on its parents. Um, you know, that, that little baby is just completely dependent on Allie and I. Um, for 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 provision, for sustenance, and for everything that it needs in order to survive. Um, and and while that may not seem strange right to, to us because that 's what we're used to, we're used to babies being helpless. Little you know balls of joy, and and don't think necessarily about the strange connection that that a child has to its parent. It's not always that way in nature. In fact, there's some pretty amazing facts uh, about animals and, and babies that are born. Uh, for example, baby giraffes are able to stand and walk within hours of birth. I remember thinking with Josephine like year old, like come on, what are you what are you doing here? Let's get moving. And baby giraffes are able to stand and walk on their own within mere hours of their birth. Even more amazing are sea turtles, right? These these uh turtles come up on the beach, they lay eggs and then and then the eggs are left there to hatch and then find their way back to the ocean all on their own. Right? I can't imagine baby brother being born and then Allie and I just leave him at the hospital and say, All right, good luck, see you in a few days. Um, that's just not gonna happen, right? In the animal kingdom, we see lots of examples of of animals that are less dependent on their parents. But with humans, with these little babies and these bundles of joy, they're completely and utterly dependent on their parents for everything. And that's not just for a few hours or days or weeks or months. It lasts for years. Uh, These children have to follow our example and learn from us in order to to know what it is to, to be human and to survive in this world. We are these children are completely dependent on their parents for everything they need. And I think that's such a great example of what the Lord's Prayer is trying to teach us about our relationship to our Heavenly Father. Just as just as human babies are completely dependent on their parents for sustenance and for everything they need to survive, we should have that same sort of attitude and trust and dependence on our Heavenly Father for everything that we need to survive. In fact, Jesus at one point in his ministry, uh was, was being approached by a bunch of children, and, and his disciples were trying to shoo them away as if they were a bother to Jesus as he was trying to teach and preach. But instead, Jesus um, kind of rebukes his disciples, and he tells them this in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. He says, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, it's not that the kingdom of heaven belongs only to children. Right. It's not that Jesus was inviting us to have the kind of uh, intellect of a child that we should put aside our rational thinking or anything like that. What Jesus was getting at, I believe, is the, the trust and the dependence that children have on their parents is the same kind of dependence and trust that we should have on our Heavenly Father. A children, a child, you know, knows that that in, if in the right situation, of course, that their parent will provide for them. That everything they need will come from them. And so in the same way, we should have a, a dependence and a, and a longing to, to seek after God for everything that we need in this life. The same kind of trust that a child has towards its parent is the same that we should have toward God. And that's what this line in the Lord's Prayer is teaching us. Not to, not to trust ourselves, not to be uh, some sort of self-sufficient kind of person, but instead to, to recognize and to trust that ultimately everything we have in this life, even our daily bread, comes from the Lord. And so so there's three things I think that, that we can gather from this passage. And first, as I've already alluded to, is that it teaches us to trust Him completely. As we've walked through the Lord's Prayer so far, we've noticed that that the entire first half of the prayer is not about our needs, it's not about our situation, but it's completely focused on the Lord. And focused on His character and His goodness, His power and ability to answer our prayers. And for His kingdom to be realized here on this earth in our own lives. And so our focus this whole time has been on Him so far. It's only until we get to our daily bread halfway through the prayer, that the attention begins to shift from God to our needs. And I think it's that way for a reason. Because we need to learn that we are praying not to a, to a helpless God, we're not praying to a, a powerless God, but we're praying to someone who can answer our prayers. He is our Father in heaven, the creator and sustainer of the universe. And, and we've talked about this in the weeks past. He's also a God who is able to, who, who desires to answer our prayers because He is our Father. He, he desires that close relationship to us and to provide for us in that way. In fact, the, the verse immediately following our call to worship this morning, you heard Brian read from Luke chapter 12 about, about God providing for the, for, for the birds and for the flowers and that, that He cares so much more for us and, and will provide for us in an even greater way. Uh, The the verse immediately following that in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus goes on to say, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. In other words, it's God's desire to answer our prayers according to his will. We don't have to convince him or manipulate him. He desires, just like a good parent, to, to answer our prayers for us and to give us exactly what we need. And he also desires; it's his it's his pleasure, it's his desire to do that. And he desires that we seek him for those things. And so, the first half of our prayer has focused our attention on the one who then can provide for our needs, not um, who can provide for our needs. Excuse me. And so, I think what we're so accustomed to with prayer, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we just rush right into prayer and we get to daily bread first thing. Right? We go to the Lord and say, Alright, I got this and I got this and I got this. Can you please help me in this situation? Heal me, heal heal my grandparents, you know, help fix this other relationship. We go we go right to our requests. And we often ignore the first half of the Lord's prayer. And and I think there's a there's a reason for that. Our focus is on ourselves and our focus is so wrapped up in, in the situation we find ourselves in. But what the Lord's prayer is teaching us to do is to to slow down And instead of just rushing into those requests, take time to shift our focus from our problems to our God. Shift our focus from the situation we're in to the one who is able to speak and to act and to work in that situation. By first turning our attention to God and His faithfulness and loving kindness toward us, it puts our requests then in their proper perspective. When I was a youth pastor, I used to, and and we talk about prayer, I used to use an acronym ACTS to talk about prayer. It's something you're probably familiar with, A-C-T-S, ACTS, and it was another way to think about how to pray, very much like the Lord's Prayer does for us. In fact, it contains pretty much the same elements of the Lord's Prayer, just puts them in a little different order so they're easy to remember with that acronym. And ACTS stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Again, the same very basic elements of the Lord's Prayer, uh, just put in different words in a different order. And so uh, if you think about it that way, we're, we're called, again, the same principle applies. Our call is to not just rush into what we request, not rush into our needs, but begin by focusing our attention and our praise and our worship on the Lord. Only after taking time to praise God and confess our sin and thank Him for our many blessings does one get to supplication, the actual asking of our, or excuse me, making requests to God. And so we need to put our requests in their proper perspective, but that doesn't mean they're unimportant to God either. I think God, God wants and desires for us to come to Him with these requests. Why else would He make that a part of the Lord's Prayer when He taught us how to pray? It's, it's an important element that just needs to be put in the right Order and the right perspective. Jesus taught us to pray for them. Jesus taught us to make these requests. It is good, therefore, and and it's right for us to pray for the things that concern us. We just need to have the proper perspective on them. Another passage that reinforces this idea is Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Paul writes to us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, Paul encourages us to, to lift up our concerns and our requests to the Lord, and, and not just every once in a while, but in every situation. That's the kind of, of prayer life that we should have, but but notice, right, it's his point here also is, is you, in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you, request, you, you make your request known to God. Again, that same sort of attitude of, of prayer and, and, and worship combined is important. And it leads us to trust him more. See, many world religions teach us that we must deny our physical nature in order to grow spiritually. Spiritually. But in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us that, that it's important and it's good to pray for our daily bread, for our daily material and physical needs. Jesus teaches us that our physical needs are not bad or less than our spiritual needs. They need to be met all the same. Our desires are not to be suppressed. They are to be fulfilled ultimately in God, in trusting and obeying Him for our provision. It's not that our physical needs, our hunger and our thirst and things like that are bad and should be denied. It's just that they should find their pr- proper perspective and proper place in the Lord. And so there's a, there's a trust that's needed, and it's, and it's a trust that needs to be developed daily. This prayer also t- teaches us that we need to trust God every day, and, and I would even argue every moment, not just when a need arises. How many of us pray you know, with an attitude like when all else fails, pray. Right? Have you guys ever been in a situation, all right, I got I got a problem here and I've done everything I can possibly think of to fix it. I've I've tried my hardest to, to get myself out of this situation. And so as a last resort, I guess I'll just pray about it. I've been there. Instead, what God desires is not to wait to pray, but to pray about everything. In every in each and every situation, to come to Him in prayer. It's not meant to be a last resort. It should be the first thing that comes to mind when we're confronted with challenges and hardships in the reality of daily life. And it's not, as I I alluded to, it's not just daily. It's not just when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed. But Scripture encourages us to pray continuously. That complete and, and total dependency on God for our needs. Paul writes in another spot, First Thessalonians chapter five verses sixteen and eighteen, as he's concluding his letter to that church, he says, "Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Paul desires that. Excuse me. Paul communicates that God desires that we pray continuously. In some translations, it says, "Pray without ceasing." Now, I remember thinking when I was younger, I'm like that's impossible. Right. How do you pray continuously? You know, do you just go and shut yourself in a room, you know, and just completely ignore all of your other responsibilities in life just so you can pray continuously? No, I don't think that's what Paul is talking about here at all. Praying continuously means to have an attitude of prayer as you go about your daily life. Yeah, there's going to be times where you can pray, you know, you're driving down the road and something comes to mind and you and you lift it up in prayer. Or there's other occasions throughout the day that you're confronted with that, that force you to go to him in prayer. But to pray continuously, to pray without ceasing, is to have that attitude of prayer in everything that you do. Having a relationship with the Lord that you are, you are having an attitude of dependence and trust on him in every situation you face. So that when problems arise, when a specific need comes, you can come to him, you can go to him in prayer. And it's not, um, it's, it's a natural part of that relationship with the Lord. Trusting his provision and guidance, um, in each and every situation. And we're not only seeking just a quick fix for him as a last resort. So what does this mean for us to have that sort of dependence and trust on him? It means that we need to admit that we're not self-sufficient. I think that's the hardest thing for, for most of us to come to grips with is that we can't solve all of our problems. That we can't provide for ourselves in each and every situation. That there is someone out there greater than us who can meet our needs. And that person is, is, is God through His Son, Jesus Christ, in the presence of His Holy Spirit. It's a hard thing for us to, to admit, especially in a, in a culture, in a society that teaches us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Right? to just earn our day's keep and to just keep working and working and working until you're able to pull yourself up. It's a completely different mindset to just trust Him with everything. And so the Lord's Prayer invites us to acknowledge that we aren't self-sufficient, that we need the Lord. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, I have a job, right, and I work hard at my job. And I provide for my family, right? That's, and, and, and praise God for that. But who gave you that ability to work? Who gave you good health in order to wake up every day and go to your job? Who provided you with the, the personality and the skills and the talent in order to complete those tasks? God, of course. Right? He's the one that provides that Um, from the very beginning. He's the one that provides the ability to to work hard. And it's and it's through that provision that we are then able to, to take and to use that to provide for families. See, even that is a gift from God, if we look at it from the right perspective. And so that daily trust encourages us to to focus not on ourselves, but but depend completely on God for our needs. And so then what are our needs? First of all, we're, we're encouraged to trust Him for our physical and material needs. God is not only concerned about the spiritual side of life, He's concerned about the physical side as well. There's this false dichotomy between spirit and body in our culture, as if we're just this spirit trapped in our, in our, in our physical body. But we see in Scripture that the Bible gives a much more holistic and integrated view of our humanity. We're not just souls trapped in a physical body. God created us with a physical body, and when He did so, He called it very good. And so our physical needs are are ultimately meant to to be met in God as well. And so He says here to pray for our daily bread. And it's not just you know a loaf of bread that Jesus has in mind. The bread is meant to represent all of our, our needs and what is necessary for life. And notice here, it's what is needed, not necessarily what we want or desire. Jesus doesn't teach us to pray for our daily stake, right? He teaches us to pray for our daily bread, what is necessary and and integral to life. Proverbs thirty chapter, excuse me, Proverbs chapter thirty, verses seven through nine give a great example of what a proper attitude and perspective is like in in a prayer like this. Proverbs 30, verses 7-9 through says, Two things I ask of you, don't deny them to me before I die. Keep falsehood and deceitful words from me and give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with food I need. Otherwise I might have too much and deny you, saying, Who is the Lord? Or I might have nothing and steal, profaning the name of my God. I just love the attitude that's there about, about trusting the Lord, not, not for, for enormous wealth, right? But trusting Him for just what you need to get through the day so that you could be sufficiently provided for. So that your focus cannot be on, on my, the material things, either their, their wealth or their absence, but focusing on, on having what we need so that we can focus our attention on serving the Lord. Asking for our daily bread means asking God to meet our needs no more and no less. We see a great illustration of this in the Old Testament uh, as God's people wandered through the wilderness. And, and we see this in Exodus chapter 16 specifically. God miraculously provided nourishment for His people in the form of manna, this bread from heaven, for 40 years. Every morning they would wake up, they would go out their tents, And there would be this this bread-like substance on the ground uh, just as the dew was beginning to dry up in the morning. And so the the people were encouraged to go out and collect just what they needed for that day so that they could make bread and and provide sustenance for their family. But they they couldn't collect too much. If they tried to hoard it, they'd wake up the next morning and it would immediately be spoiled. But each day there would be more manna and more provision from the Lord. It was a it was a great it's a great illustration of what it looks like to provide to to depend on the Lord for your daily provision. They they forced those people to wake up each morning and 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 go out and collect what they needed for that day. It was a daily reminder of God's provision and their trust in Him. It's a hard and strange concept in a world full of fridges and deep freezers, isn't it? Sticking just at my house alone, we have the, the fridge that was in the parsonage, right, when we moved here. We had a fridge that we owned that is in the basement and a deep freezer as well. Like, you know, you look and you think, wow, you know, what does it mean to trust God for my daily bread when I can go <laughs> weeks or months with food just in my house already? It means having a trust and dependence on the Lord, recognizing that even, even what we have, as I mentioned before, is a gift from God. So we can look to Him for our basic needs like, like food and shelter and clothing, as well as personal and financial security and, and our health and well-being. All of that are things that we God encourages us to pray for. Those are the basic needs that, that we need to have met in order to, to lead a, a successful and thriving kind of life. And so so God encourages us through the Lord's Prayer to seek Him out for those things. So our daily bread is about our physical needs, but it's also, I believe, about our spiritual needs as well. Asking God for our daily bread takes more than just our physical needs into account. Bread in the New Testament has a very strong connection uh, to the Lord's Supper. It's a secondary meaning, but it's significant nonetheless. Our prayer life, therefore, should, should include asking God to meet our spiritual needs as well as our physical ones. As I mentioned, bread has a very strong connection to spiritual nourishment in the New Testament. It's bread in the Last Supper that represents Jesus' body broken for our redemption. In Luke chapter 22, verse 9, from the Last Supper, Jesus took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, His disciples, saying, this is My body given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Bread represented Christ's body and the redemption that was available is available in Him. In another point in, in John chapter 6 verses 32 through 35, Jesus even calls himself the bread from heaven. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives his life to the world. And they said, Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes, fo- comes to Me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in Me will ever be thirsty again. Again, we find our spiritual nourishment and our fulfillment in Christ. And Jesus Himself depended on that reality as well. During His temptation in the wilderness from the enemy, it was, it was the Word of God that Jesus depended on. Uh, when the enemy tempted him to make bread out of stone in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 it says Jesus was led into the spirit led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry you ever thought of a more obvious statement in all of scripture right fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and therefore he was hungry and so the first temptation here the tempter came to him and said if you are the son of god turn these stones tell these stones to become bread right? Just get something to eat. Provide for your physical needs. But Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, not only do we need physical nourishment, not only do our physical needs need to be met, but our spiritual needs as well. Just as bread nourishes our physical body and sustains life, Jesus in a relationship with him nourishes our spirit and sustains our spiritual life. I think the reality is that many people are spiritually malnourished. Right? We're spiritually starved. We're devoid of any sort of spiritual connection with God. We aren't getting the sustenance that we need in order to have a healthy spiritual life and a connection with our Lord. But some of us are spiritual gluttons, aren't we? We're constantly consuming, but we never allow it to truly impact our lives. We know Scripture inside and out but we never allow it to actually sink in and make a difference in how we think and how we live and how we act. We have a lot of spiritual eating disorders, but instead we need to trust God for our spiritual nourishment. And prayer is the way that He has provided for that to happen. prayer, when we trust and depend on God to meet our needs, revitalizes our spiritual life. It's a dependency on a relationship with Him through prayer. It's it's a, it's a dependency on His Word speaking in us and through us. That's what it means to have spiritual nourishment in our lives. And that's also part of what it means to pray for our daily bread, that He would provide that spiritual nourishment in us. Praying for our daily bread then reinforces the reality that we depend on God for our physical and our spiritual needs. We can't have one without the other. Both are important. And especially as we think not just about prayer, but, but how we make the good news known, how we reach out to people beyond the walls of this church, we need to, to realize that meeting that both their physical and spiritual needs are important as well. Much has been made of, of the social gospel in years past this idea of meeting people's needs, excuse me, meeting people's physical needs, but yet ignoring their spiritual needs. And Then, on the other end of the spectrum, which I would just had to come up with a term here, but but extreme evangelism, right where you, you simply try to meet their spiritual needs, but yet you ignore their physical needs as well. Both of those positions are, are I would say, an error because they're ignoring the other side that is that is lacking. You need to hold both of both people's physical needs and spiritual needs together. and in doing so, we're truly answering this prayer to God for our daily bread. God is able to work in and through us to meet the needs of others when we pay attention to both their physical and spiritual needs. Real impactful missions work and prayer means that we seek to meet both the physical and spiritual needs of the people we try to reach. And so as we pray, as you pray, it's good and it's important to pray for your physical needs. Pray for things like provision, healing, healing, financial security, peace and reconciliation in your relationships. All of those things are good and worthwhile things to pray for. We should also pray for our spiritual needs as well. Praying for people, including ourselves, to experience and receive God's grace through Christ. Praying for a deeper relationship with Jesus and greater dependency on God's word and comfort and guidance from the Holy Spirit. Those are all good and worthwhile things to pray for too. So often we focus on one or the other when really we should be praying for all of the above. And one last thing. It's important for us to actually pray for those things. I don't know how many times I've, I've had conversations with people about a need of theirs that they're uh, a difficulty they're facing or a need that that needs to be met. And I, and I tell them, well, I would I will love to pray for you or I'll be praying for you. And then I forget. You know, you go home, you go about your daily life and, and, and that, you know, that conversation just slips your mind and, and you don't think to actually take the time to pray. Well, that's, that's not good either, right? You don't have to sit there and pray with that person right away. That's not what I'm, you know, if you can, if you're able to do that, that would be great. But it's important for us to actually pray for our needs, physical and spiritual Take the time, just as Jesus taught us, to, to lift those concerns up to the Lord. Just this week with, with this sermon floating around in my mind, someone called into the office and, and Connie was on, on the line already and I was the only other one in there. So, you know, I picked it up and, and, and it just happened to be uh, someone uh, calling about a, a need of theirs and um, was just wanting to let us know and, and all of that, you know, like happens all the time. And, and normally I would have a conversation like that and be like, well, great. I will definitely be praying for you quick. But this time I, I actually took the time and I thought, I'm going to just actually pray with this person. And so after talking with them, I said, can I just take a moment and pray with you over the phone? And and that's what we did and, and actually prayed. And, and I just felt like that is such an important thing, having that kind of attitude, not necessarily praying with the person if you're not comfortable with that, there's other ways to pray, but actually taking the time to pray and not just saying you're going to pray. Does that make sense? I think that's a hard thing for, you know, it's a step that you need to be intentional about it, just as Jesus taught us here. To pray the Lord's Prayer is is, is to seek our Father in heaven, um, seek his holy name, ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, having our focus and our trust and our dependency completely on the Lord, and then to turn, and, and with that in mind, to seek Him out for for whatever needs are before us, both our physical and spiritual needs. Let's pray together. Father, I I pray that you would um, help us to remember, Lord, that we are dependent completely on you, Lord, for this day, for the air we breathe, and for for the 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 things that we need in this life. Ultimately, Lord, at the very core, they all come from you and are a blessing from you. So, Lord, help us as we are confronted with needs, as we're confronted with both physical and spiritual needs in our lives and the lives of our family and our community and our world, that we would have the, have the courage and, the, and, and that you would bring to mind the importance of, of coming to you in prayer for those things. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and in closing, let's sing our final hymn, number 58, This Is My Father's World. take a moment and remind you all that our annual meeting is immediately following the service. Um, to our radio listeners, thank you for joining us, but this next few moments of instructions probably won't apply to you too well. Uh, immediately after the service, we invite you to come over to the ministry center where there is a, a breakfast buffet available to you. Um, I wanna, I'm going to actually say a blessing for the food here before we depart so that those who are going to stick around and be a part of that meeting can just go right ahead and jump in the line and start eating. Once People get their food and, and everybody gets through the line is seated. We'll actually commence with the business portion of the meeting um, um, right away so that we can be respectful of everyone's time. But we're going to give everybody an opportunity to get through the line first. So uh, as part of my benediction, I'll bless the food and then invite you all to stick around and be a part of that annual meeting. Uh, Father, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this time of worship. And I pray that as we transition into the, the business meeting, that you would um, help our hearts and our minds still be focused on you, even as we uh, deal with the business of the church. And I pray for good conversations. And I pray uh, that you would bless the food and that it would sustain our physical bodies, Lord. And thank you for the blessing that it is. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may go in peace.